talk a little bit about just how you handle someone like Clark, who you know is not going to be ready for a while, and just um, have, having Leighton, did that kind of help the staff spawn and know what to expect with him as you work with him through this? Yeah, I mean, just on the injury front, definitely uh, going through the experience with Leighton, and uh, there's a couple other comparables. So, I mean, yeah, that was definitely part of the discussion uh, leading up to the decision. Uh, but as far as how we've handled them, we've handled them just like everybody else. I mean, it's been all the, you know, the Zoom call meetings. Uh, very, very bright. Uh, has really good command and understanding. So, uh, I mean, you see, you see, he looks great. I mean, he's rehab. You wouldn't know that, you know, he was dealing with anything. Uh, just, just looking at him, watching him move. So, uh, but he's been, he's been very impressive. I know the coaches have been very impressed with his engagement and understanding. What's the expectation? I don't, you know, I, I understand the excitement and all that, but I mean, I, I think learning from Leighton's situation, I mean, if there's a timeline and, you know, and I, he won't play too early. I'll, I'll just say that. I mean, you're, not, you're dealing with a, you know, a rehab and, and a recovery that, you know, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to, to try to go too fast. So, I mean, it's, well, he'll, be, he'll be given plenty of time to heal and, uh, you know, like just a little, that he's been around here, uh, but as far as his engagement and understanding, you know, he, he's done an excellent job. A little hotter and no wind today. How do you think your guys handled that? First? I thought they made it across the finish line today, so uh, I think that was all part of it. Um, you know, really, we, we probably went, went too hard yesterday. You know, there was the workload capacity, and you have to always watch that. I mean, they're excited. The coaches are excited. Um, you know, we I thought we had a. You know the amount of work uh, that we had, we probably we probably overdid it with the in the in the individual drills. Uh, so uh, that was part of it. I mean, we were what 17 minutes less today than we were yesterday, than you had the 92 degree weather. So, uh, but I, I thought the way we we broke it up and it worked out good, and uh, they, they were struggling there at the end. You know, it, there, there was some sloppiness, and uh, which um, you know it's, is expected or it's not uncommon. Uh, but I thought they fought through it very well. We spoke to a couple of different players about their multiple sport backgrounds coming up. And I think every first round pick in the NFL draft this year played more than one sport in high school. Have, do you see a correlation to that where guys are not just football players, but they're athletes in general? And how have you seen in your career that kind of help, you know, in the transition to the NFL and maybe correlate with success? Uh, absolutely. I think there's very high correlation to that. I, I think when you talk about, you know, when people talk about instincts, awareness, hand-eye coordination, you know, where did, where does that come from? You know, it's you know you're, you're not just born with all that. Um, you know, obviously all these these men that play in the National Football League are very very gifted in, in individuals. But you know, why is one guy's you know instincts and awareness and understanding of spacing and is better than others? I I think it directly comes from their experience playing multiple sports. I've always been a big fan of multiple sports. You know, and and, and I think like a lot of us. You know, in, in our generation, that you just went from one sport to the other. But you know, I, I think these last two generations, you know, particularly even the state of Texas, I'm experiencing it with my kids. They want you to pick a, they want you to pick a sport in the fourth grade, which I think is crazy. But uh, you know, and I'll go against Texas sports here. But uh, <laughs> you know, I, but, I, but I am a big fan of multiple multiple sports. I think it help. I think it really helps the individual, and um, and I think you definitely see it. Uh, it's been very accurate, you know, as far as assessing uh, players coming in, in, into our league, and it's definitely part of the draft process. It's kind of interesting too that 
Nakai Montgomery is a guy who's trying to make your team, and he's also right now, he was just drafted as a professional lacrosse player mm -hmm. at the same time. I mean, have you seen his ability to I mean, just speak to his in general? This journey for him is kind of an interesting one. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think if you if you see him in, in tight quarters and and, and even in the spatial part of it, uh, you know, it's it's not uncommon. I mean, he, he you know he looks natural out there. You would not know that he hasn't played football in four years. So, um, but I, I think definitely his experiences, um, you know, has helped him. And, and like I said, I, I think it's a big factor of you know how guys can um, you know do more. And I think even today's NFL compared to. You know, probably 10, 15 years ago. You know, with uh, you know the games played so much more in space now. You know, with the rule changes and you know receivers running across the middle. In, in, you know, with free access and things like that. So you know, the, the instincts, awareness, and ability to, to play in those space spatial situations. I think it definitely helps them. James is a guy who played primarily baseball until his 11th grade year in high school. Uh, outfielder. He's surprised he's developed so much and just. Not playing that much football and baseball football. Oh, totally. I mean, hand-eye coordination, tracking, uh, those are all, you know, things that you could see just in the drill we did today. I mean, you know, most of those guys handled it very well. I mean, I've, I've done that drill for a number of years, and, and this, 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 this group, these two days, they did it very well. You know, we had the, the punts and the wind yesterday and then made them run a little, go a little longer distance today with the kickoff ball. So, uh, yeah, I, I think all those things help. And in Jalen's case, just using his words, I know he – um, expressed to me that you know he hadn't played a lot of football and that you know he has a very high ceiling and, and I think that's very exciting. Mike, this may be, and I know it's way too early to generalize about a, a rookie class, but in, also with these first-year players, but does it seem like I don't know maybe maturity the word or real-world experience, but what they've been through like with COVID and changes in routines these past couple of years, is there something to that or maybe my I like the worldly. Um, you know, expression of that because I, I think it's definitely uh, they're coming into our league with with different you know personal and professional experiences clearly than generations before them. I mean, we cannot deny that the pandemic has taken a toll on our society, but there's definitely like any adverse moment uh, for a community, individuals, for football operations. Uh, you definitely have an opportunity to learn from it. I, I think just the just the simple fact of you know, the ability to communicate virtually has been a huge component that we all had to learn and and, and improve on. You know, it, it really tested your creativity. I mean, I just look at the upgrades in the WebEx programming and things in the last two years. So you know, all those things are a benefit, and I think that's all part of the education and the advancement of these young men coming in today's game. We were talking about how well prepared they were coming into this camp yesterday, and you talked about the virtual component. With, without giving away any trade secrets, I mean, how much contact did you have with them since the moment they were drafted until they got here on Thursday night? What was? I, mean, I had a little, you know, uh, direct contact, but the coaches, I mean, they had daily contact with them. I mean, it's um, our afternoons were, were, you know, our whole afternoon block from. Uh, three o'clock on was was set for position coach meetings uh, with with the players, so it, it was almost pretty much daily contact with the uh, with the rookie class. We talked to Jonathan Garibay a little bit about uh, the big 62 yarder that he made in, in college to win the game at mm -hmm. Texas Tech. Uh, when you see a, a kicker against Baylor against uh, against Iowa State, State. yeah. Um, he was telling me about the one against Baylor yesterday, so I was just make sure I, yeah. I had the right one. So when you yeah. see high pressure kicks though like that in college. That, oh, yeah. I 
I mean, definitely. I mean, I, I think like anything, you're looking for experience uh, for these young guys, and you know, especially at that position. Uh, in, in and, and for for a young kicker, I mean, we all understand what the statistics tell you. So, uh, but yeah, that, that's definitely something. I had a very interesting conversation yesterday. We we're talking about the wind. You know how windy it was, and how he gauged the wind, how he measured it, and what his approach was. So, I mean, for for a young guy, I think he has a really good understanding. You know, obviously, he has a great place. Uh, you know, coming from Texas Tech, I'm laughing, but I think he has a little bit of experience there with the wind. So, what changes for you with an inexperienced kicker? You got to go back. I think. Second year in Green Bay, when you went with Crosby, what, what changes when you have you, know, you had an experienced guy? I know Greg had some misses, but patience. <laughs> <laughs> Are you that better today? And I was, you know, in 2007. I'll say that. But it was a good experience to go through. With Obviously, you guys uh, lost the ability to have ten because of the uh, practicing too good. Yeah, practicing too good. Yeah. Um, Um, just, just the way it's spaced out. Uh, I, I've always kind of struggled with the, you know, the Memorial Day weekend, um, and just, you know, and, and I, I think it's just experience. You know, like today. You know, I mean, to, you know, when you look at GPS as much as we do, you know, I think it's just like anything in analytics. There's probably over and out more over analysis that goes on than under analysis in today's world. Um, particularly dealing with trained athletes, but that that weekend to me is a real stressor for your team because you know if you look at everything that leads up to that. So um, I'm, I'm basically giving one up on on the week coming back because uh, that'll be the first time that you know our guys will be away from each other and um, you know particularly with our guys being here in the captains' workouts, you know that that's that's kind of a built-in break where I, when we come off we're only going to go two, then we're going to go to four. And then we will finish the mini camp. So it's just it's more the uh, design uh, that we have is you know fitting our practice and what we're trying to get done in the weight room. So uh, that's why I'm not going three after the you know coming off of that uh, Memorial Day week. So just I've had a lot of injuries coming off of that you know, historically. So what did well let's go as a guy that you just see him out there like dang pretty big dude. <laughs> I mean, what, <laughs> I don't know how much. Obviously, it's an That's a great thing. question. I don't know. But, <laughs> what's it like? You know, you ever see these guys for the first? See guys like him for the first time in person? Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's everything we thought he was going to be. I mean, actually, I met him at the combine. So, I mean, we interviewed him at the combine. So, I, I was impressed with him. You know, and I've said this already a number of times, but you know, he reminded me. You know, just because of his, you know, you look at his shoulder width and his thirty-six inch arms. Uh, you know, the, you know, the first. Great left tackle that I had a chance to be around was a gentleman by the name of John Alton, Kansas City, and, and Matt reminded me a lot of just how he, he did such a great job playing with patience and using his length. Now John, they were different body types, uh, but they, you know, both six seven had very long arms. So uh, and then when I saw, you know, I saw him move his feet and so forth, um, you know, he, it was very easy to get excited about him. Uh, but you know, the interview process. I, I know both the line coaches were, were very, very impressed with him throughout the interview process. I know our scouting staff. Um, you know, we we felt very fortunate to get him where we got him. So I, I think he's an excellent fit for what we're trying to get done. I know you spoke about Ferguson a little bit yesterday, but we just had a chance to talk to him right now. He was talking about how Wisconsin will make you love to block. You know, in a way. I mean, with the way that the, the position has gone in the league now, where a lot of times that's just kind of been a receiver that's a bigger body. How much do you value a guy who like actually says, "No, I enjoy the blocking aspect of this position"? Well, we need it. I mean, we we need his. You know, um, you know the play style that we 
established here. He definitely fits into that. But you know, the versatility to play you know, play on the ball, off the ball. You know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday. You know, he has um, experience already playing in the pro punt formation, just little things like that, just because of the way you know Paul plays up there at Wisconsin. So yeah, I, I think it's you know uh, it's definitely something that we need more of. And uh, you know, I think Jake's an excellent fit for us. What's it like next week when these guys get around the veterans for the first time? Good. It's fun. You know, it's uh, Monday's a cool day. It's uh, I think, you know, the first day they walk into the locker room to you know be in there with the vets, and it's and it's uh, I, I, I mean it's hard not to love this weekend. I mean just you know the team meeting starts at eight thirty and, and the whole rookie class is in there by seven ten. You know so that's you know, and I told them you know, let's take a picture of this and you know when I walk into the team meeting at seven thirty in the second week at Oxford, I'll make sure I'll, I'll you know all you guys are in here at seven ten. So I mean it's. It's exciting, and uh, I think it it'll be great because you know we have we have a great veteran group. Uh, they'll embrace it, but you know part of our um, backing off a little bit today and not practicing tomorrow is because you know especially with the weather we got in front of us, you know you're going to have four days, you know four out of five days next week. So to get them integrated, uh, we you know we I feel like we have a good plan for them Monday and Tuesday, but you know, just got to be smart because it, you have to get all these practices because. And I've already talked to the veterans about this. When this class, when this starts on Monday, you know, there's always a gap between your rookie class and your veterans. And you know, as, as quick as we can close that gap, obviously, the better football team will be. Mike, obviously, the, the pandemic hit shortly after you signed up here. Have you? Do you get the feeling now you're kind of more back to football because so much of your time was spent losing COVID protocols, and masking, and distancing? Oh, totally. I mean, Dan Quinn and I were just talking about it the other day. Um, just because, you know, Dan's been in the league a tremendous long time, and so you're always bouncing off scheduling things. And, you know, so we, him and I spent a lot of time going back and forth on that. And, I mean, this really in so many ways feels like year one because, I mean, this is your first real off season. I mean, just to have the benefit of, a, you know, being full-time in the draft process, you know, the coaches being able to, you know, take advantage of the, you know, Bumping into the hall, into the hall accidentally to the veterans while they're here during captains' workouts, and uh, just just having you know 63 guys here since the first day of the off-season program. So that's to me, this is this is what I'm accustomed to. This this is the way um, that, frankly, all the way back to my years in Kansas City, we had a tremendous off-season program. So, um, and I, this is where I feel like you can make your biggest gains as a football team because you know one thing about your veterans. You know they're going to be here, so you know, as much time as you can spend with those guys, you know I think that, that gets lost in the equation of advancing your team from one, one year to the next. So, and we've taken full advantage of that. So we, we've had a really good phase one and phase two. Obviously, we've got our last week of phase two coming up, but you know we, we've really hit the target, and I, I feel great about that. Have you guys had 100 percent attendance? Not every day, but pretty much. I mean, but. The beauty of the pandemic. I mean, if um, if a guy wasn't there, they were definitely. We've had 100% meetings wise. So if a you know if a player was out of town, they they were part of the Zoom call or the WebEx call. Good. Thank you. Thank you. See, Scott didn't have to cut us off today. See, we got better here.